Hi, I'm Shekhar Gupta and I welcome you to my weekly podcast based on my column, National Interest. Catch it every Saturday morning. After more than a hundred days of walking, Rahul Gandhi is now entering Delhi and we thought this is a good time finally to take, to take note of his Yatra. Not because we were hesitant to do so, but because you have to see how a phenomenon is building and what consequences it's having. And that's what this week's national interest is about in terms of what it means for him and for his party, the Congress. But before I get there, I'm just making this very short appeal to our readers, viewers overseas across the world. I know that a lot of you, a lot of you, predominantly of Indian origin, but also many who are not of Indian origin, but a lot of you read us, watch us, respond to us, and you now treat the print, you see the print as one of the most trustworthy sources of news, analysis, opinion, a big tent from a big tent for opinion from India. This is a new institution, just about five years old, that you've come to trust. If you've come to trust it, if you come to like us, if you read us, if you watch us, you should also pay for it. So all of you across the world, you are well-to-do Indians or, or non-Indians who have stakes in India or who have interests in India. So please take out paid subscriptions. It's very simple. You will see on my screen. As I speak, how this is to be done, there will be links shared on the screen and also with the description of this video. So please do pay for what you use. That's very important because that's the only way independent media can survive. Independent, unhyphenated media. And you know what? It's not just a question of survival. It must grow as well. So please go ahead and do your bit and we will pay you back with first class top class, unhyphenated journalism. That's a guarantee from us. Now, back to Rahul Gandhi, back to his Yatra, back to the Congress party and back to this week's national interest. So, has Rahul Gandhi's Bharat Jodo Yatra entering Delhi now after 107 days bombed as a political move? Or has it made the intended impact for his party? With this Lal Singh Chadda-esque, sorry Forrest Gump, with this Lal Singh Chadda-esque, campaign has Rahul Gandhi redeemed himself as a mass leader or only reaffirmed that he is the papu quote unquote that his distractors see him as and lastly where do he and his party go after this sense in Srinagar in some 43 days right now they are all on him Christmas New Year's break in our search for the answers we stay with our favorite ploy which is answering questions with questions and in this case we also persist with our three questions rule first does the Congress party matter? Second, what do Congress people want? And finally, what does Rahul Gandhi want? If you put the first question to Narendra Modi, Amit Shah or any other senior BJP leader, you will have, you will have the answer right away. They will say it doesn't matter at all. Congress party, a party in terminal decline owned by a fading dynasty, why should we even bother? And why should you even bother asking us? Then you check their actions. Nothing triggers the BJP leadership and its political machine more than any move by the Congress, even a routine statement by Rahul Gandhi. The BJP social media machine tracks each such twist and turn, step and speech from the Yatra. Expectedly, their running commentary has its own spin. 
the bjp will never admit it but it is more certain surer than any other party including members of the upa that the congress is its biggest adversary yet at least until 2024 the congress's 20% vote share is still intact nationally aap has failed to hurt it badly in gujarat at least not as badly as many including this columnist including i had expected it has another state under its belt himachal pradesh and will be the only formidable challenge in the state elections coming up in 2023 the bjp certainly doesn't see the congress as a challenge for 2024 but the latter is the only party the congress is the only party capable of breaking the bjp's momentum in the run up to 2024 and a party that's now got choose to winning all the time that's the bjp a party like that thrives on momentum they don't want anybody coming and breaking their momentum karnataka chatisgarh rajasthan and madhya pradesh are in the bjp's electoral airspace and the only hostile lurking in its radar scope is the congress plus today there is only one party building a campaign proposition in ideological terms bharat jodo versus bharat todo love versus hate secular versus communal the aam aadmi versus adani ambani gandhi versus savarkar you can be you can be on one side or the other that's a different matter but congress party is creating these binaries you may argue that all this is bunkum all this is fake and hypocritical that congress party doesn't mean any of it but that doesn't change the fact that the congress is the only party even trying to set these binaries today the aam aadmi party avoids all of these sticking to schools health free this and free that other parties are limited to their respective states if you are a bjp backer you might find this laughable you would ask why modi and shah would even bother about rahul gandhi and the congress but they do because they are serious politicians who win elections they are not mere fanboys that's why their priority is to ensure that rahul cannot shed his pappu image the second question what do the congress people want is easily answered in one word power why else would they be in politics which brings us to the third question what does rahul want which is where we get into trouble because we've been asking that question since 2004 and failing to find an answer is the yatra telling us something new does he like his party comrades want power does he instead want to be a new moral force in the country non electoral but at the same time not a political so political but non electoral i'm just reversing the same thing a philosopher not a king and if so who would be the king that the philosopher rahul would sermonize to or would dispense advice and wisdom to rahul did start a debate of sorts on the day he took over as party vice president in jaipur and described the power that everybody seeks that's in quotes quote and quote power that everybody seeks as poison i had then countered this as a totally flawed proposition in a national interest of which i am sharing a link with you in this national interest published on 26th april 2013 in a democracy i had argued power isn't poison it is a wonderful gift an honor and a cherished privilege that the voters give you good leaders we still argue should embrace this power gifted to them by the voter with joy gratitude and humility 
power and public office are synonymous with public trust. That power is a poison, is a feudal construct, a feudal proposition and should be abhorred in democracies. If Rahul still does not want power, as indicated by his absence in the recent election campaigns, what does he want? If Rahul Gandhi's primary objective on the other hand is to rebuild his, is only to rebuild his tired, demoralized, much defeated party, he will use his yatra to raise its morale, bring in a new spirit, an ideological rejuvenation and new energy. Those are good ideas. Meanwhile, the process of bringing democracy to party bodies will go on. I am now seeing this from Rahul Gandhi's vantage point. How does it look from our vantage point instead? He's told us since 2004 that ushering in real democracy within his own party or what we may describe as defeudalizing it has been his project. That was also his excuse for not taking any responsibility in the UPA government for 10 years. If this is still an ongoing project, then something isn't working for him. The party did finally elect its president though after a vote. How good and fair was that contest? Shashi Tharoor would have lost anyway. So that isn't the issue. But, but if a real principle change was intended, he would have been treated with dignity, respect and much gratitude, in fact rewarded after his defeat. It was his audacity in contesting against the establishment's candidate Mr. Kharge that gave some credibility or some legitimacy to that election. That isn't happening. In fact, all indications are that what's happening is to the contrary. One thing Rahul Gandhi has achieved to a large extent is lifting the morale and spirit of his almost dead-in-the-water party. The crowds that have walked with him include a fair number of old workers and loyal voters in the region he's been traversing. All that is good for his party. Good, but not good enough, I submit. A film actor, an economist, a superannuated editor, an author or even a stand-up comic may adore him for gifting them the heady thrill of having participated in a very visible pan-national political movement at zero risk of tear gas or lattes. For some, it has brought much Instagram fame too. This isn't what professional politicians in his party are after. Which brings Rahul back to where he started. You can say back to square one, I'd say back to where he started. Because what these politicians seek is power, which he described contemptuously as poison. If he has changed his mind since, his party doesn't know that as yet. He hasn't told them. They, as in his party people, they draw uncertain conclusions from his project, which is heavily ideological, but so far non-electoral. If Rahul Gandhi doesn't want direct power as an elected office for himself, he should say so. He cannot make the same demand of his party. Here then is a question his party comrades desperately want to ask him, but are too scared to. Are you, Mr. Rahul Gandhi, are you committing to doing whatever you can to win us power? If not, then why this boondoggle? On which note, before I let you go, a Merry Christmas, have a wonderful time in holiday season. And you know what? We will be at work through these holiday weeks. And on Monday, you can catch my conversation under our Off the Cuff series with Mr. R.C. Bhargava, among the founders of Maruti and I would say among the, among the titans of manufacturing in India. And we are talking about mostly about the manufacturing challenge in India. So while we are talking about Mr. Bhargava, manufacturing, make, making India competitive, let me also introduce to you 
his book getting competitive practitioners guide for india because one thing that he has done very successfully is to run a competitive business and now he's competing with the biggest auto companies in the world so please do catch that off the cuff and if you find a copy of this book do check this out as well